Some people are intimidated when talking to large numbers of people in an entertaining way, not Dan and Mike. Yeah? It's just a podcast, chill out. <laughs> yeah? A brilliant podcast. Okay. Too many quotes. GBH for the year old. <laughs> Not for me, thank you. No apology necessary. Let's get on with the podcast. You know, it's a laugh. And you can't put a price on comedy, so... Get listening. Here we go, we're live. I've got the new microphone. Got a new microphone, mate. So, should be coming through nice and crisp. I haven't. I haven't. You sound dreadful, not going to lie. Yeah. I, uh, I I will have, by next week, got a new mic- microphone. That is on the agenda. New will get an agenda. Uh, that I did get an agenda, and microphone is on it for this weekend. <clears> so we're going to make the sound quality like butter in your ears. Because at the moment, it's it's like throwing stones at a wall. So it can't be enjoyable. Like, no. the actual, like, it, if the content wasn't bad enough, the sound quality is, is even worse. There you go. It's just that although, echo in that room you've got, mate. Although the sound quality is overrated on most things. I saw I saw uh, another clip. I got sent, I got sent a clip of, uh, it was AJ Morris, actually, deadlifting. Um, barefoot, sure, tracky bottoms, hood up, you know, earphones over the top. So who says sound quality matters? That is the best way of... That is the best way of doing it. You you can't you can't lift any of the way. You have hey, to have the headphones. Prepare a beats for top top draw sound quality. Nah. Put the hood up and then and, and then the beats on top. Always, mate. That's what the guy in the advert does, isn't it? Probably. So, yeah. you know, don't worry yeah, about that. I think... Sound quality is too damn good. Get that hood <laughs> up and let's muffle. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I bet they're noise cancelling as well. So it's probably a good job everyone was shouting at him, probably saying yes, 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 yes. yes. One more, can't hear. Can't he hear. Can't, he can't hear you. Like, can't don't worry about it. Probably can hear you because you know he's got his hood in between his ear and the um, the headphones. So he, he can't hear. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, um, what what have we got to talk about this week? Well, we're going to talk about something that we're we're hot on here because we love talking about mindset. It's mindset. We're going to talk about mindset. Your people's approach to dieting, changing their physique, all that sort of stuff. Because look, we talk about food, we talk about training, we talk about all this sort of stuff, right? And it's all well and good, but you have to have your brain sorted first, which for a lot of people is a huge problem because I haven't got one. I, th- I, I, you know, I think we could pretty much class ourselves as psychologists now, just, just, just from this chat that we're about to have. Um, we might as well. You know, we've got a mindset, so therefore we can talk about them we can, with, we can about with authority, to be honest, with no thought or regard for any qualifications. We don't need that. We've got a mindset, so we can talk about it. Simple. If you talk about, it, if, if you talk about anything on, on Instagram, you, you're immediately an expert. So, um, But I guess this is something, not not this is something, but I guess the, the little branch of what we're going to talk about is something that we've, I mean, we've both said it. Um, <laughs> we've had meetings, we've both said it, so. We've both said it. Um, but it is important. We can, you can kind of scoff at it all you like. And, 
you know, we, we do have a little joke that, you know, we, we say you're not going to war and all of this crap and you're not in the trenches. And it's, and it's, and it's true, like, you know, rein things in a, a little bit, you know. Mm. Some, the way that some people go about it is like that, that it's taking every, every little inch of willpower to, to, to kind of get there. Um, and it, it really isn't that much, but there is some merit in, um, I guess, mental resilience uh, about being on the ball with things, about being plan, planned, I guess, prepared, structured, sucking it up because it's not going to be nice, like knowing that you're going to wobble, knowing that you're going to be hungry, all of that. Uh, because physically, physically, everybody can get in shape. I, I truly believe that. Like physically, everybody, you know, yeah. Unless, unless you know, you're one of those people who've got no arms and no legs, you know, because you know, just going to yoga for a one. Um, that's an office joke. So, all <laughs> people out there with it's no just arms, and legs, just an office joke. But you get the gist. Like you get the gist. Most people can get themselves in shape physically. It's more. It's more mentally. It's more dealing with socials is more accountability it's more not being knee-jerk with your um with your decision making with dieting or muscle gain or whatever it is that you're doing it's not a physical task yes you you have to i guess manifest physical actions i guess to to, to get there but it, it stems from how you're how, how you're thinking about stuff how you're portraying stuff how you're structuring it because if your mind's not in it like we, me and you are both dieted before and not dieted, not ended up dieting because we go, oh, I'm going to diet, but our head's not been in it. There's mm -hmm. nothing physically that's holding us back. We can't, like, we can both do it. We've done it before, like, and we know what we're doing. It's not a knowledge thing. It's just that mentally we're not in the right place to do it. So there is quite a lot of merit in it. And I think what we're going to talk about is, like, almost like future, future pacing, I guess, kind of in a way. Um, yeah, it's just that whole. It's it's about the your behaviors and things like that. Like I I I did a video on this before, and it's kind of like you you need to adopt the behaviors of the person that you want to be, but you need to adopt them now to get there. Like for example, you don't all of a sudden go, oh, I tell you what, I'm going to carry on eating McDonald's, I'm going to carry on eating KFC, and I'm going to get a six pack, and then I'm going to eat broccoli. No. No, the broccoli is the key. Eating the broccoli is the key to getting a six pack, right? It's that whole thing of someone, men's health cover model, right? As an example, their behaviors, you need to adopt their behaviors to get that physique. You can't use your behaviors to get there because if your behaviors were conducive to doing that, you would have it. It's that whole thing yeah. of like your current behaviors have led you to this position. Your current behavior, your current decision-making, your view of the world, whatever it is you want to call it, has led you to the position you're in now, right? So whether that is when you go out for booze with the lads, you always just say yes to everything. Every takeaway you say yes to, you know, everything you, you know, you never think about tracking your calories, right? You can't expect to be any different than you are now if you're not prepared to then change any of those things. Do you know, it's like, well, no, because that's what you're doing now. So it's that whole thing of you have to be prepared to change, right? I suppose it's, prime example me and you right so i'm moving out to dubai because i know that our business will not change fundamentally from what it is now if we're apart doing things like this 
it's a decision I've had to make. I could have, I could have pretended and gone, oh yeah, you know, I just, we'll just, but no, most solid YouTube channels, if they're going to grow with two people, when they do videos together, usually in the same country, usually. It's like us trying to do that. And it's like, no, it's not going to be as good as it could have been if we're together. So it's like making that, I make a decision. I think of it. Yeah. It's that. And it's, but it's that whole thing. And and I think people always assume that with dieting, it's, oh yeah, I'll start on Monday. I'll do my food prep. And it's not about that. It's not about like the weekly thing. Like all of a sudden I'm gonna be good this week. It's not about that. It's about your decision-making going forward in any given situation needs to be different to what it was previously. That's hard. It's hard to, to fight your normal urges and to go, well, I'd normally do this. But that's also for me why I think actually you need to, it's actually easier for you to now rectify that because you go, right, in any given situation, what would my normal choice be? And then don't do that. Do something different to that for the better, right? And I think that's the thing is, that's the thing that people don't understand is that takes effort and energy. That's fatiguing. So then what they do is they're then trying to do all the cardio, all the steps, all the training, forgetting that actually just decision-making in general now is just a little bit harder because having to think. Um, I had, yeah, I, I think had, it's important. I had this conversation, uh, exactly this, the same conversation. It's weird that you said about men's health because I use that as an example as well. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a weird thing to, to change things. Um, and it's... It, how can I put this? You you almost go well. I'm, I'm I, I don't feel in good enough shape to be in the gym. Like you get a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, it's just a bit scary. There's, there's people in better shape in there. But it's it's the the, the wrong way around of looking at it. You, you can't you, you can't wait until you're in shape to to be in the gym. Like that's how you get in shape. That's why there's people in there in shape because they probably came to the gym out of shape and now they're in shape. So it's almost like people are waiting for almost to permission to be good enough to do it. And again, look, I get it. Like if, if you're overweight, you've got weight to lose, you're not particularly in shape or whatever, and you start to eat salad, like I, I get it that people are going to pick up on that. People are going, oh, that's it. And it's probably an awkward conversation that you don't want because if you were in shape and you were eating a salad, people would expect it more and it would it would almost raise less eyebrows. It's almost like, oh, dieting. And it causes like kind of some friction. So I think some people often don't think that they're worthy of making those decisions because they're getting a little bit of friction. And like the way that you should look at it is that, and you use the mental health as an example. So rather than looking at how you want to be, I've almost framed it today to one of my clients of, of like, what do you think that someone where you want to get to would be doing. So you get a lot of people come into coaching and they expect to be men's health level in eight weeks because that's what men's health is telling them. Get cover model abs in fucking three days or whatever. Like that's what they're being told. It's almost disrespectful to the, the guy on the front because that guy has been training for years and that guy has changed his habits and that guy does train. And so, so the way that I frame it is that when you look at someone in shape, if you just walk past them in the street, you could make some pretty decent assumptions about how they acted. And it's like, you would probably go, well, they probably exercise, they probably train. They probably don't drink a lot of alcohol, if any. They probably don't eat a lot of junk. They probably don't snack on biscuits, crisps, and chocolate. They probably eat high protein, probably watch what they eat. Like, they probably have decent activity levels, like, and, and you can make safe, sound assumptions. 
Yet, when it comes to our own decision-making, we're so stuck. Should I do cheating? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it, it, you almost make it way more complex, whereas you could pull someone off the street and go, like, if you lined up 10 people and say three of them trained, you'd be able to pick them out. You know which one's trained. So do what they do. Like, just do what they do. And it's, again, I, I, I made a kind of analogy of it. It's the same with us with business. It's like you look at somebody who's ahead of you in business and you almost don't have the right to complain about where we're at until we're doing the similar things to they are. You think of someone who's successful in business, they probably don't waste their money on shit. They probably do track their finances. They probably have had some financial advice. They probably do invest their money. So if that's what you would assume that that person does and you're not doing it, then you can't then you can't be upset with that. So it's the same with fitness things. Like if you assume that someone in the position that you want to be in doesn't eat crap, doesn't eat takeaways, doesn't drink every week, doesn't do this, doesn't do that, doesn't do this, then why are you doing it and expecting to get to that position? Like why are you doing all the things that you wouldn't that you know common sense would dictate? You're never gonna get there. But yeah, people can't see it when it's themselves. It's really, really bizarre. I think it's an identity thing as well. People identify with certain demographics you know they don't identify as someone who goes to the gym and they don't and it's like that's the thing that you have to change is your identity and, and what you identify as like we we're the same with that sort of side of things you know like you said there with business I think the reason we use our business as an example is because we're very very much in an amateur level with that sort of stuff much like maybe people listening to this or, or people are, you know we some of our clients come in at the, that level where with their physique and with their nutrition and we can get them to that point. So we can kind of relate to that level where they're at. But my biggest thing with it, I, it'd be easy for us just to bumble along, pretend that we know what we're doing, but we have to get into the identity of someone who has a bigger business and go, right, what are they doing? What do they do? Like we've made decisions already in the last two months that have made us identify as someone who as, as a business that's bigger than we are. Cause that's how we're going to get to that point. We're not just going to keep bumbling along doing what we're doing. And I think that's the key thing is, it's going, look, I no longer identify as someone who is unhappy with their body, who hates what they see and just eats takeaway all the time every weekend. I now identify as someone who goes to the gym, who only has takeaway once a month because I can, you can start once a month, fit it in, whatever, right? But you need to then be like, well, no, I'm someone who does this. Like I did it the other day. We went to um, one of Isabel's, Isabel's friend's parties and we know their parents and stuff. So we were there, right? And a big, huge pizza oven right in the middle of um middle of their garden and park or whatever it was <clears throat> and it was just fascinating watching people at this thing right there is a huge tupperware box there of carrots cucumbers right all this sort of stuff stuff and then pizzas and like i just naturally was eating more of the carrot and cucumber than anyone else there than anyone i'm not dieting i'm not dieting in any shape or form but it comes to a point where i just identify as someone who knows that's good for me i had that as well as the pizza and all that sort of stuff but it's fascinating how it's on offer. It's there. It's cut up. It's easy to see easily accessible. People still didn't have it. They ignored it. They didn't go near it. And I just think it's fascinating because it's an identity thing. I didn't really think about it. I just took it because it's my identity as someone who looks after themselves and knows what they're doing from a nutritional point of view that I would have that. And I would eat that. Um, yeah. And I just, I just find it fascinating that it's an identity thing. It's just, uh, just, just do, just do it. Like, and the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit, the more it forms your identity. And then all of a sudden you don't think about it. You don't think about these things. It's because people, I think people often underestimate the small wins. They probably think, well, me eating carrots and cucumber here, it's not really going to change anything. 
Like, I think they underestimate the small stuff, but it is those small habit changes. Like you, you mentioned it's there. It's a snowball like, effect, isn't it? Yeah. Like, last night I went out for our anniversary and it was a really nice menu. And for starter, I had tuna tartar. Could have picked something a hell of a lot worse than that. For main, I really fancied the beef short rib. Didn't have it. I had the oven baked chicken. And I had a side of, yes, it was truffle. It was, they were truffle. They were covered in truffle oil, but they were green beans. That was my side. So I could have got even worse than that. Like, and I had a couple of cocktails, but left it too. But there was a lot worse choices on the menu that I would have favoured more. Like I would have fancied those more. But I identify as a person who makes smart choices. Now, other people may well go there and go, well, I can't eat healthy. So I'll just eat what I want. But that's the wrong way to look at things. Every decision that you make adds up. And it's like, okay, I still enjoyed myself. Would I have preferred the short rib? Probably. Would I have preferred, I don't know, what was a start? I don't know, fucking mac and cheese or whatever. Over the tuna tartar, maybe, yeah. But I still had a good time. I'm still there. And I, like, we are the type of people that naturally do make those choices. And they, th- th- these are not choices that we have made. And that's just how we are. That's how we were brought up. I, I'm from the fucking north. I was brought up on chips and fucking gravy. Like, at some point we've had to adopt these habits and it's just become ingrained. I, I spoke about this before. Like, I don't know whether it was on the podcast, but it was like, I spoke to someone before about cereal at breakfast. I was like, do you not think that I, do you think that my mum was feeding me Greek yogurt when I was 10 for breakfast? No. Do you think she was making me egg white omelets? No. Do you think that at some point in my life, I was probably either having cereal or toast for breakfast? Yes, of course I was. Do I think that cereal tastes better than Greek yogurt? Yes, I do. But at some point in my life, I have slowly just weaned out the fact that cereal is even an option for breakfast. I just don't eat it. It's not, it's not, I have cereal in the cupboard. I have it to Mm. sprinkle on my Greek yogurt. I don't, I wouldn't even contemplate having a bowl. And that's not because I'm scared of cereal, cereal is bad. It's just because of the habits that have been ingrained. But remember at some point, we were all where you are listening. Or if this, if you're identifying with this and this sounds familiar to you, like we were all there. We all didn't have those habits. I didn't. We had to develop them. And the habit is only developed by practicing that. At first, it's going to be conscious thought. It's got to be conscious thought. But then the more that you do it, the more that it doesn't even cross your mind. Like I don't track my food, but I would hazard to guess if I tracked it, my protein would be over two grams per kilo of body weight. Like I, I, I still eat veg even though I'm not dieting. Like I still keep my, I know that my fats will be reasonably low on an average day because I select lower fat cuts of meat. I don't cook in oil. I don't snack on nuts. I don't add cheese or avocado to anything. I don't eat peanut butter. Like there's certain things that I know now about how I eat that wouldn't have been there at some point. And that's just come from me acting in a certain way. And then I've just carried it on, just carried it on. I've just carried it on. And now I act like I'm in shape. And that's the thing for you is it's not even dieting. It's just eating healthy. Like you said there, it's, you're just someone who eats vegetables. And I, I, I'm the same. Like I don't, I've never had, I can't remember the last time I ever had cereal for breakfast. Like, I mean, we're talking five years, six years, easy. Must be a long, long time. Um, 
I can't remember the last time I didn't have protein at breakfast, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, well, I just naturally think about what I'm going to eat and what the protein source is going to be in that. And saying that, you know, it comes to fruit and veg, it's like, well, where's the fruit and veg in my day? Where's that going to come from? You know, all that sort of stuff. That's not because I'm dieting. And people always do this when you, when you start suggesting things to people, um, like we've had it with Blitz, we've had it with one-to-one clients. It's like, right, you need to eat loads more veggies here. And, oh God, God, I can't wait to the end of the eight weeks to stop doing this. It's like, well, well, no, like, vegetables are good for you like why are you going to revert back to doing what you're doing before like this is the whole point is that we're trying to change your, your healthy habits and healthy behaviors and stuff and it's just trying to identify with someone who actually gives a shit about what they put in their body and going well no i need to eat more vegetables because they're good for me um we're not saying don't eat chips we're not saying don't eat all these nice things you like but I'll tell you what you enjoy them far more the less frequently you have them as well. I find, like I know for us, when whenever we get together and we go out for food, I, you, we enjoy it. It's an event. It's like, it's nice. It's actually really nice. And even when we go to Wagamama's, right, we do order a fair bit of food, admittedly. We have the cheesecake, we have the, the bao buns and stuff. But then for our main, we'll probably usually have chicken teriyaki and rice rather than chicken katsu because we're like, well, actually, like, don't love the chicken katsu. And actually, why, don't, why, why not have half the calories with a different main that's they're still pretty good comes with loads of vegetables it's like even when we're like going out for it and we're like actually i really want to eat loads of food we still think about like where's the better stuff going coming from where's the better stuff there and you know all those sorts of things and i think it's um i think it's people think that it comes easy people always go it was easy for you yeah but it wasn't it there was a it wasn't though it's just become habit and you see the benefits of it and i've done another video on this which again relates slightly is it's, I'm not motivated to eat that stuff. Like people think, oh, you're so motivated. No, I'm not motivated. It's just, I know it's good for me. And I enjoy the result I get from that. And people assume when I say result, oh, it's just physique. No, I feel better. Yeah. I genuinely, when I eat shit, I feel shit. And that's the thing I can't get my head around with people is it's that whole thing of they have a weekend on the booze or, the, or a Domino's. Oh God, I just felt awful after it. Right, there you go. Because you now eat vegetables. You now eat decent protein. You feel shit. That's what you used to feel like every day. And it's that whole thing of when you start realizing that and you're actually shit, I actually don't just look better. I feel better. I function better. I have less headaches. I focus, but I have more energy. Like we're talking about these things as well that people don't, don't notice. It's weird. People think that they, they have to eat healthy for a small period of time like to lose their weight. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no, like it almost comes as a shock to people like, when it's like, no, no, it's forever. Like you don't need to diet forever. You don't need to be in deficit forever. But the habits are going to have to stay with you forever. Like you can't just do this as a stopgap to lose weight because yeah. you'll then just regain weight if you're about to eat in the same way. Like, of course you will. That's a, that's a no-brainer. So then you might as well have not bothered losing the weight in the first place. What's the point of doing it? Like, you should be losing the weight, learning some habits, and then continuing them. Yes, you might have a few more chips than you would if you were dieting. Yes, you might have a few more drinks, but... At the same time, you probably should be having protein at breakfast. You probably should be having yeah. fruit and veg every day. You probably should be drinking enough water. You should be probably trying to be active with your steps, you know, taking a long way around, not driving everywhere, taking the, taking the stairs instead of the escalator. Like, mm. You should probably still be doing that. You should probably still be exercising three times a week. Like, you shouldn't just do it for, oh, I've got a holiday. Oh, I've got a party coming up. Like, what the fuck? You're, like, no. you're dieting for a party? Really? Like, even with our photo shoots, I have to have this conversation with people. I'm like, you do realize you're not dieting for a photo shoot? Like, and it's almost like sometimes their mind's blown. Really? What? What am I doing? What? You're not dieting for a photo shoot. You're dieting to get a physique, right? You're, you're dieting mm. so that you feel great about yourself for an achievement. 
and the photo shoot is just to document that. Like, yeah, that's 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 what you're dieting for. You're not dieting for a day. That's madness. That's ludicrous. Why would you diet for a day? You know, people on stage, whatever. If you're competing, yeah, that's a different matter. But our photo shoots are not run for. Oh my God, this photo shoots this big event. It's okay. Let's see. Let's see what we can get out of you for the next twelve weeks. Let's see what's the best thing that we can do. Let's push your limits. Let's see how good you can get. And then let's celebrate that with a photo shoot. And document it. Mm. Like, and what's left after that? Your physique. Yeah, people will go. Oh, photo shoots done. I can eat now. What? You're not dieting for a photo shoot. You're dieting to get your shape. Like, yeah. so it doesn't stop after the cameras switched off or the diets ended or the holidays. Beat. It doesn't stop. You keep going because you've just worked fucking damn hard to get yourself in shape. So keep it on. It's madness. Yeah, I I always say to people, they sort of ask me, um, oh, you know, like what's maintenance look like, you know, and all these sorts of questions, and and you know, how often can you eat? out or eat nice things and all this you know you do nice things i mean always eat nice things but whatever and i always say to my clients look if you eat four times a day let's assume most people eat four decent sized meals a day right 28 meals in a week four of those meals you could either eat out you could have a takeaway you could have you know home cooked meal or something like that right you could probably have four of those meals that you probably just again like we do you go out you enjoy yourself but still make somewhat smart decisions and if the other 24 meals and your steps and your training and your sleep and your energy, and all those other things are all on point, you, you'll be fine. Nothing about like you can enjoy that. You can't tell me that you can't fit in four meals in your week of things that you like want to do, like whether it's a social, whether it's a meal out, whether it's, you know, uh, a nice dinner with the missus in or something like that. You can't tell me that that's not enough to satisfy your need for quote unquote nice food, right? Because it's more than enough. And there, there, that's the boundary you're looking about. Which most people, what they do is most people want to go out of those 28 meals, want to go 14. They want to do 14 eating out, eating shit, eating sandwiches on the go, not preparing food and all, all that sort of stuff. Or when I say preparing food, I mean knowing what you're going to have, not fucking talking about Tupperware and making it all yourself. Um, like, I don't see how that's a bad thing. If I said, yeah, four meals a week, four a week, if you feel to enjoy, like, that's more than enough. And all the other ones, you just keep to your good normal habits. But people are like, oh, we don't, it's just not a lot, is it? I'm like, what do you mean it's not a lot? Like, how, how much are you planning on eating? <laughs> like, it's, it's like the, it, it's, you give someone an inch, but they want the mile. It's like, no, you can have, you could, you could have three or four off completely. Oh, what? And it's like, oh, I've still got to keep all the other stuff in. Well, yeah. Like, so what, I don't understand. But why do you is. not? But that's the thing is, why do you not want to keep the other stuff in? Yeah, because that's the stuff that's got you to this amazing place where you look great, you feel great. Like they don't. It's, I just find it. I just find it odd. The, the even the question is like, what? Like, you know, like a lot because a lot of people are still stuck in this on-off. Like because it's almost like, let's say for example, they're going out for Saturday, and it's quote unquote untrackable, which I love that. Yeah. It's impossible to track. Well, it's not though, is it? It's not though, is it? No, it, it would have been impossible to track. Well, no, it's not though, is it? Because a rough best guess. It's better than nothing, isn't it? It's not impossible yeah. to track. Like, yeah, when you when you say untrackable, in my head, I'm going two thousand calories at least. Is what I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Like, yeah. But it's like if they're doing something on a Saturday, they always just write it off, and it's just mental. Like, and I remember, I remember, I was the same. I used to go to my favorite pancake spot where I used to live in Norfolk, and I remember the feeling of it is when I was not in a great spot with my relationship with food and whatnot. And because I would eat it at, at kind of brunch time, 11, 12, whatever, and it was a big sack of pancakes, whatever, I'd be like, well, my days are in. 
And then mm. in the evening, I would have a Domino's, and I would have ice cream, and I would have cookies and donuts and stuff because I'd already ruined the day. It was a feeling of you've already ruined it. So you can't stick to your macros today, so you might as well carry on. But then when you move past that and you realize that it's just this one long timeline and that your body doesn't know what a day is, is that you don't actually ruin a day. A day is a construct that, that, that we live by, but your body doesn't recognize any of that. So yes, at 11 a.m. that day, my body consumed more calories, but it doesn't reset at the midnight. So when I learn, when I kind of not learn that, it's not, not anything learning wise, I guess, like it's pretty obvious, but it's more like just starting adopting and going, actually, I'm going to eat that and I'm writing it off. And actually, my evening meal, I then start to just make sure it was a normal evening meal. And then you actually go, well, now I feel a lot less shit and I'm waking up a lot less bloated. And actually, I don't feel crap and I'm not beating myself up. And then the next time you do it, and then you just realize that actually, I can do this on any given time that I eat out or do this or do that. And then you start to just make better choices and you just evolve with your decision making. And it is yeah. all in your head. It's all in your head. And, and this is also the precursor to then the next question that we get is, oh, I, I don't want to track my food forever. Okay, you don't have to. But this is this is what we're talking about is the precursor to then going, right, you don't have to track your food. Like me and you, we don't track our food. We're mindful eaters, right? By definition, we don't track our food. That's our point is you have to be in that place with knowing, understanding your habits, your behaviors, your, again, emo emotional response with food. I still have plenty of clients who the second they're happy, sad, stressed, angry, turn to food. We're not people that do that. I think we're, we're both in a position where keep our emotions, you know, away from food. It's not as if, you know, when, when we get upset, we go to food or when we, you know, it's just, no, we'll just still eat our normal foods, our normal meals. You know, we have a bad a staff badly on a day. We don't then at lunch go, oh, screw it. I'm gonna have Domino's for lunch. It just doesn't happen. It's not, a, it's not a thought that comes into our head. And I think this is the thing is people want to, they want to move away from tracking, but they're not in a position to be left to their own devices yet because they haven't got the skills or the mindset to then be able to constantly make those decisions without even thinking. Because that's by definition, when you, you're not tracking, you have to have an awareness of that. If you don't have that ability to just make those decisions and be smart and they're all habits and there's just habitual stuff that you do, then in your head, you're gonna have to track something. And this is where people, I, I, you know, these blurred lines between, are you tracking or are you not tracking? You're always kind of tracking in your head because you kind of know what things are. And that's the thing is that you're still going to have to think about the protein, you know, all that sort of stuff, the calories in the food. And people often want to get away from tracking as quickly as possible, right? Which I get, I understand that and that's fine, but it's actually something that just happens naturally. And the reason it happens naturally is because you have the right mindset and you have the right view of food. You have the right understanding of your normal day your preferred foods, your normal week, and you don't have an emotional response to food. We're trying to get all our clients to that place. Believe me, every single one of them, I want them to get to that place. Unfortunately, not all of them are ready as quickly as they'd like to be. That's just unfortunate. That's just the reality of the situation because this takes time to learn. It takes time to develop. It takes time to practice. Um, but this is the thing is it's, it's, it's a journey you're trying to go through and we're trying to get all our, all our clients and everyone we work with through that journey to that position. But I think people need to understand that that is the key thing to then moving away from something like tracking is this has to just become automatic. It has to. So there you go. There you go. That's what I would say is we're not, like I say, we're not 
we're not being harsh, we're not being horrible. It's just like, I think that people put too much emphasis on the exact calories, the exact protein, the exact weight, the exact how much they weigh each day and the weight fluctuations without actually taking a step back and looking at their mindset and their view of their whole, their whole outlook on training, nutrition, what they want to get out of it and their behaviors, all that sort of stuff. We didn't talk about it loads in terms of our content because it's not sexy and it's not our area, but it is something that when it comes to coaching, coaches are effectively trying to change your behaviors and your habits. That's what will fundamentally get you to where you need to be. It's not about whether you eat chicken breast or tuna or white fish, pick whichever you want. I don't care. It's the choice you've made to not have the short rib, right? Or whatever it is. It's that, it's those things of knowing, understanding and being smart with your decision-making that a good coach, like I say, is trying to get you to that place. So it's not about the tracking. It's not about the spreadsheet. It's not about whether it's untrackable or not. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about your perspective and your perception of those time points when they occur and how you handle that dictates how how well you're going to do. That's the reality of it. And you can work on that every single day. Um, there you go. There you go. Anyway, that was a bit yeah. heavy. That's heavy. So let's just dive straight in. Banned from Chinese buffet for shitting in the seaweed. So, you know. Ah. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me you went to a Chinese. Oh, seaweed. <sighs> yeah. I do like the seaweed, which isn't actually seaweed. You know, what is it? It's fried cabbage. Oh, is it? It's not even seaweed. That's annoying. Yeah, I believe it's, unless I'm wrong. Maybe, I mean, maybe it, I mean, in different in different establishments, I'm sure it's probably different things. Shit, shit in some of them. But well, yeah, I mean, yeah, shit. I mean, th- this is a face. Always the same face. It's just, a, I swear that it's, it's a rotation of about four people. It's the same, same face. So, Gran, 52. So, it's over 52. Um, I mean, that's not the point of it, but <laughs> who had drunk two bottles of vodka. Okay, cool. So, Who drinks? Oh my god! There's no way you, any human can do that. Surely, depends how big the bottle is. But I assume that we're talking seventy centimeters. Of I thought. Not, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions of this person, but she has shat in the seaweed at a Chinese restaurant. So it's not Smirnoff, is it? I don't think it's Smirnoff. It's definitely not Grey Goose or Syrah. It's going to be a fucking Vodkanov. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from the local Londis. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I actually bought ten of the the knockoff kind of vodkas when I was oh, I must have been what nineteen twenty from a guy and the raft who his friend had got them off the back of a truck, and uh, I I remember turning up to a Halloween party. I was like nineteen twenty whatever. I thought it was big dog with like ten bottles of vodka. I just look back and think, what a fucking loser! About four <laughs> quid, a four quid a bottle, and I thought I was like the don. All these vodkas. you were the don. Don't you worry about that? I oh, know. Back at, yeah, but I, I thought I was. I was dressed as what looks like a homosexual vampire um, when I look back at uh, the pictures. But yeah, so it is a good look. Gran Janice O'Dowd, full name. Um, has been banned from an all-you-can-eat Chinese for crapping in a tray of crispy seaweed. <laughs> There's something about the word crap that I like. Crap. Right. How, how has she not been stopped before that has been allowed to happen? Like, surely if you see someone just, like, standing up, to, you know, and, and squatting over the seaweed. 
it's not a normal thing to expect to see at your Chinese buffet. Um, oh. See someone, yeah. I mean, she. You can only see her face, but she. Thank she God, looks, that sounds she looks, she looks big. She looks like she's carrying some body fat. She's not nailed mindful eating down yet. No, she's not um, nailed it down yet. But uh, but yeah, she looks she looks big. So I can only imagine. I mean, not that it would look any better if she was slimmer. Um, but just the image of you know that that's going on. So anyway, onlookers gasped. I'm not surprised. And some vomited. Okay. Um, some what vomited. in the seaweed as well, or you know? I know. Yeah, <laughs> in the uh, in the deep fried shredded beef. Um, that is my. When a drunken 52 year old climbed onto a chair, pulled down her tights, tights. And splattered her mess onto the savoury treat. Well, splattered her mess. Oh, I think I would be sick, to be fair. I think I'd be sick. I feel sick reading it. And I'm yeah. looking at it. Or smelling yeah. it. Awful. Or smelling it. Another little segue is when oh, I God. used to work on aircraft, <laughs> this is not to do with me shit anywhere, but when I used to work on aircraft, obviously aircraft are toilets. So you have like, the, the the toilet system and you used to have something called a gate valve so what you used to do is you used to um, keep the gate valve shut you used to lock on a toilet truck to the outside of it and then you would release the gate valve which would release the shit and the toilet truck would have a great big vacuum and it would suck it through this big tube and everything would come out and anytime you got a, a new person on shift you would do what's called priming the gate valve so you would go down without taking the cap off you would then open it up so the shit in the tube close it again so that it's waiting for them. So then when it was their first shift of doing it, they would open the cap and <laughs> it would just jectile all over. Oh. And I remember me and my mate Robbo did it to a, a guy. He was a wanker. He was a wanker of a kid. And um, we were laughing our heads off. And then all of a sudden, the smell hits me like a fucking shovel into the face. And we were just throwing up on the side of the uh, on the side of the aircraft pan. We were just stood there. We were laughing, and then it was just like it like hit the back of our throat, and we were both just retching. Fuck me, that brings back a memory. Not a good one. Oh my god. But anyway, the disgusting gesture was apparently in protest at being asked to leave after she put a cigarette cigarette out in another diner's drink. What? She sounds. Drink. She does sound delightful though. If asked. So not only was she smoking inside, you know, so but she then put out the cigarette in someone else's drink and she's upset she's been asked to leave for this. Yeah. Where is this Doncaster? I, I, I think that I was on a date with her. <laughs> I, this sounds very much like a date I was on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. She did shit in the seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> She did get a date number two after this. So yeah, yeah. It's been, yeah. been worse. Yeah. They've definitely been worse. O'Dowd, who was at the North Manchester, not far, North yeah. Manchester restaurant for her daughter Steph's hen party. Oh. oh. That's ruined now, isn't it? <laughs> hen party. She'd been drinking all day before the incident at 10 p.m. happened last Saturday. When the Sunday sport approached, ruddy-faced O'Dowd at her home in Oldham, Greater Manchester. She told our man, yes, I was drunk, and yes, I did a shit on the buffet. I'd necked oh. two bottles of fucking vodka, so what do you cunting expect? 
Mm. It's delightful. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. To be fair, the journalist, you know, it's almost like the journalist is in the wrong for asking. Yes, but I had nailed two bottles of fucking vodka. So yeah. what yeah. else do you do? Like, yeah. That's like, what happens. Like, yeah. It's almost like that's not her first time. Is it? Exactly. That's not a, yeah. it's not, it's not a first time. We, we've heard you shit in the seaweed. Yeah, but I had drank two bottles of vodka. So what else <laughs> do you do? It's always like, well, yeah. Or, or like, did you not hear that I drank the bottles of vodka? It's allowed. Well, yeah, so they shouldn't have told me to leave. Uh, this is... Of course not. Is, oh, yeah. Just for putting out a fag in someone else's cunting drink. Um, she is lovely, isn't she? She is. She loves that word, cunting. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're reporting it. They're, they're, they're writing it. Um, she, so she, she then said, they started it. Wow. They didn't, <laughs> did they? They didn't. No. For, but she's classing them starting it as her, them kicking her out. Well, you started it, smoking and putting it out, surely. Sue Harris was at the buffet with her family to celebrate her 40th birthday and witnessed O'Dowd's dirty demonstration firsthand. Alliteration. I would, she said, I was stood next to the woman when she grabbed a chair and climbed onto it. She was drunk and swigging from a vodka bottle, and I thought at first she was just mooning her backside for amusement of her friends. But then she strained in a mass of loose stool. Oh. No, 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 Again, it's, it's another quality reporter at the Sunday sport. She has not said she strained and a mass of loose stool. No, gushed there's no way she said that. Onto the crispy seaweed. No way. You don't say loose stool. No. Maybe she did, but who knows? So I, I'm now picturing what this looks like. A mass of loose stool. So there's a lot gushed. She was cackling at someone about a cigarette. I was physically sick on the spot. Happy 40th birthday. So the restaurant's owner, Raymond Ng, NG, so I assume that that's a Chinese name, I don't know, 60, says it was the worst thing he's ever seen in 40 years of catering. And then that's written out. But uh, 40 years of catering. I can't. Well, yeah, you'd you'd hope it was the worst thing he'd seen in 40 years. I mean, I'd be worried if it wasn't. It's a kind of a no-brainer, Raymond. You've embarrassed yourself there. Yeah. If you've seen anything close, don't go to his restaurant. Yeah, basically. Uh, he's dropped himself in it. So there's a... It carries on, but the article's broken up by a picture of said Chinese buffet. And under it, it's called... It's used the tagline, Plop Suey. So... Um, <laughs> plop Suey, play on words. Plop Suey. She recalled, we had to close for the night and refund everyone apart from that disgusting group of uh, pissed women. They were swearing, smoking, vomiting, and in one dirty bastard's case, shitting. Did he say dirty bastards? Did he say that, though? I would have called the police, but I employ illegal immigrants, so I thought, I best not. Well, that's your own fault then, isn't it? He's just taking it, isn't it? Yeah. So so instead, I'll call the Sunday Sport. Yeah. That's the police Sunday sport. Literally, in quotations, I would have called the police, but I thought I employ illegal immigrants, so I thought best not. And then he's written, "Uh, don't print that, will you? Question mark. (laughs) Raymond is being caught with his hands down. He's employing illegal immigrants. 
That journalist has screwed him right over there. He's given right. He's given that journalist an exclusive, exclusive story there, and the journo's gone. No, I don't agree with that. Fuck you. What no, bastard. Uh, he he is getting no more than a three star on TripAdvisor. He's employing illegal immigrants. They shit in the seaweed. You've got someone at a 40th birthday vomiting on the floor. You've got cigarettes put put out in. In, in someone's drink, and still it probably wouldn't be the worst night out that I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, still, still I've had <laughs> There you go. There's um, there's Miss O'Dowd there, who's probably a listener, to be fair. Uh, she seems the type of person that we tend to attract. She does. She does seem like the type of person, 100%. Um, but yeah, so there you go. All the way from us being a little bit more serious at the start to shit of the seaweed. There we go. That is what you get with us. Always. Always what you get with us. Who knows what you're going to get. I almost read the, the story uh, of, what was it? It was a uh, man, um, hide-and-seek champion's body found um, in, in a cupboard or something like that, wasn't it? I can't remember exactly, but it was pretty ironic. Quite like. Uh, and then there's also the one which we nearly, nearly was used, which is the man who joined um, his own search party. Brilliant. That was in Turkey. Feared dead, and he joined his own search party. I mean, how long? How long would it take you to realise? Do you reckon? Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Who are we looking for? What's he look like? Why are you joining a search party for someone you don't know what looks? You know, they look like. Straight away, you would know, wouldn't you? Like, because I mean, at at very least, that question is is searchability. Like, he can't be he can't be putting that much effort into it if he doesn't even know. Who he's searching for? No, he's just tagging along, and he? he's just—he's just doing it just to make himself feel better. It's mob mentality. He's just followed a lot, followed the rest of them. He's out with the villagers, but then again, who else is in that search party? Because they've done a pretty fucking shit job. They're still <laughs> yeah. the bloke that they're looking for. Fuck me, mate. They've all just done a bit of virtue signaling, haven't they? They've all just done it to look good. None of them actually yeah. give a shit. None of them care. Do you know? Oh, I know. Wasn't even lost. Yeah, he wasn't even lost in the end. So there we go. Anyway, so there we go, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed that. If you've got any questions for myself or Mike, just send us a DM on Instagram. Likewise, we're going to be looking to get some guests on at some point in the future. So if you've got any ideas of who you'd like us to interview, we'll do it interview style, obviously. Anyone you'd like us to interview, get on the podcast, chat through things um, in our Janice own unique way. Janice said she's on. I mean, she's coming in next week to defend herself. She's probably going to say the word cunting, I imagine. Um, we'll get her on. But um, yeah, drop us a message. Let us know. We'll see what we can do. Pull some strings, you know, that kind of thing. Um, kind of big dogs now, so. Well, you know, kind of. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what we can do. So, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Have a good one, guys.